0: Today I'm starting with stunning new leaked emails, internal Fox News emails that show that executives knew when we fact check Trump's election lies, it's bad for business. If you are like the last remaining person on Earth who doubts whether Fox News is news or overt profit driven propaganda. We can now put that uncertainty to rest. Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott in a panic in the aftermath of the 2020 election saying we've got to stop these fact checks telling the truth. Fact checking Trump is really bad for business. There are any number of write ups about this. CNN has one article by Oliver Darcy and Marshall Cohen from uh, yesterday updated this uh, actually from this morning called Fox News CEO said car- correspondence fact check of Trump's election lies was, quote, bad for business. New emails show. We're going to look at the emails in a moment. The article describes or characterizes Suzanne Scott as sounding the alarm about the financial fallout that they would suffer if they keep fact checking Donald Trump's lies. Telling the truth isn't very profitable when the monster you have created uh, over the last 20, 30 years, 30 years, doesn't actually want the truth. They want to be spoon fed the lies that their dear orange leader is perpetuating. Let's take a look at a couple of these emails in this first one. This is Fox CEO Suzanne Scott responding to a segment in which Fox News is on air talent. Eric Sean fact checked a Trump falsehood. And Suzanne Scott, the CEO, writes this has to stop now. This is bad business, and there clearly is a lack of understanding what is happening in these shows. The audience is furious and we are just feeding them material bad for business. She's talking about the fact checks. The fact checks are bad for business. Are we news where we prioritize the truth or are we propaganda where we prioritize whatever lie is most profitable? Well, we know the answer. Here's another email. This one is is from Maria Bartiromo, one of the greatest Trump brown nosers on that network from November 7th, where she says they need war. They need war. Uh, we have to go to a full on war. They have used all systems to defraud hammer or voting zinc, the side in the vote total. Jer- it's it's crazy. Jared says he doesn't want to hear about any conspiracy theory. Everyone us excluding me from meetings. We have to file federal suits in every state. The campaign is not doing s. They want to file lawsuits in a couple places. That's not going to solve the problem. This is Maria Bartiromo. Seemingly a true believer. Falling for all of it. She writes the country needs to survive. We have to keep this president. No one thinks anyway that people voted for Biden. He lost. And we've seen text messages from Maria and Steve Bannon before that show they seem to be true believers. They don't seem to actually just be uh, uh, telling what they know to be lies. Maria seems to genuinely think that Trump won and it's bonkers. Another email, uh, Kevin McCarthy notes, Kevin McCarthy notes. This is a pre interview email about Kevin McCarthy. And um, uh, this is from Maria Bartiromo, I guess, to her team, where she says, you believe Biden won one fair? There are a few issues, but I don't believe there is a mass cheat. Oh, wait a second. So she doesn't believe it in another one. I've not seen any proof so far of the ballot fraud. Well, so maybe Maria Bartiromo believes they need to do whatever whatever lie they need to tell to keep Trump, but doesn't actually believe that there was the fraud that Trump is alleging. And then Suzanne Scott on November 19th, 2020, saying I can't keep defending these reporters who don't understand our viewers. This is like the epitome of she gets what's going on. She says I'm getting major incoming on her editorializing at the top of Dana's show and her dismissive tone and indifference to the audience. She means not but not just playing up the lies. We need to manage this. I saw she just did a hit in Cavuto. I hope she didn't double down. I can't keep defending these reporters who don't understand our viewers and how to handle stories. The audience feels like we crapped on and we have damaged their trust and belief in us. Think about that. Fact checking makes their audience not trust them. She goes on to say we lost twenty five thousand subscriptions from Fox Nation. We can fix this, but we cannot smirk at our viewers any longer. She is saying our audience doesn't want truth. Our audience wants us to keep fueling the lies that Trump actually won. And this is what Fox News thinks of their audience. They know our audience wants lies. They don't want fact checks. They don't want truth. And it really distills the entire operation of Fox News into its immoral and dishonest essence. Stunning, stunning revelations in these emails. Now we go back to the question that after the Fox News text message leaks, we asked after it was leaked that Tucker was saying he hates Trump passionately. Is this going to make Fox's audience turn on them? I don't think it will. And when we spoke to Matt Gertz from Media Matters, he also more or less seemed to say the people who need to hear about this stuff won't ever know about it. Or if they come across it, they'll dismiss the reporting as fake news. They'll say, oh, David, those email screenshots are obviously doctored. We can't believe that 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 those aren't real. No, 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 no. Fox tells the truth and the truth is Trump won. now." Fox mostly knows that they're lying and they know that the lies are the best thing possible for business. This is where we are today. It's tragic. It's sad. I don't know how we deprogram these people. I've not found a way. But we at least now have it in black and white and highlighted in yellow, as you saw in those emails. Fox knows they're lying and they know the lies are what's most profitable for them. We're going to keep delving into the anti trans panic as a result of the shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. But one of the things that is front of mind for me, and there's a very good vice news article about this, is that the trans identity of the Nashville, Tennessee shooter, despite the fact that what three or four out of the last 5000 mass shooters have been not even necessarily trans, either non-binary or trans, like four out of 5000, Okay, despite that, All of a sudden the right wingers are seeing the trans identity of the Nashville shooter as the opening to declare full scale war against the trans community. I'm extraordinarily concerned about our trans friends and allies because I do believe that they are at serious risk. It's not an exaggeration. I think that this is this is an overt threat. We are now seeing Uh, For for several years now, to be perfectly honest, I have pointed out to you that at events like CPAC and others, the biggest applause lines, even at Trump rallies, the biggest applause lines come during the anti trans moments of speeches when Ted Cruz says my pronouns are kiss my ass and everybody stands and cheers. And Trump says we must not allow teachers to teach transgender without parental consult. Uh, I mean, consent. And the crowd cheers and they go crazy. Um, This has been building for a while. And it's now open season. Vice News writing the right is using the Nashville shooting to declare war on trans people. It has been an online barrage towards basically any visible trans person online. Tucker Carlson did a segment in which he claims that the trans community is actually targeting Christians. We're going to talk about that separately. I don't even want to delve into that now because it really deserves its own segment. But as the article says, as soon as details started to emerge about the shooter in Nashville, pundits and politicians on the right started exploiting the tragedy to spread anti trans hate. You know, almost every mass shooter is a young white male, not all of them, but most of them. You look at the last 5000 mass shootings, like I said, it's overwhelmingly young white men. And so When that is the case, all of a sudden, many of these right wing networks and people have nothing to say. They have nothing to say now, to a certain extent, when they're Kyle Kalinske said this yesterday in a great video, which I'll talk about later that he did about my controversy related to the shooting. He said, you know, these shootings are so common that like when three people are killed in a shooting. We all say, do we talk about is this a story? Because there's like three of these a day in the United States. Is this a story? And for many of these right wingers, when it is the what we call imagine we have like our traditional mass shooting in the U.S., young white male gets an AR-15, maybe also a handgun and goes crazy and starts shooting people, either because of we've seen every we've seen everything disgruntled employment, employment stuff, targeting a particular race. We've we've seen all of it. We've seen all of it. Is it even a story? And it, it isn't always a story. And a lot of the right wingers don't even comment. All of a sudden. The trans identity of this individual is exposed and reported on. And every right winger wants to talk about it. This is the important mass shooting to talk about. Never mind that there have been. I mean, if we want to be precise, what is the uh, let's see how many mass shootings have there already been since this one? Um, Oh, I don't have an updated list. Okay. Uh, Oh, wait. Last 72 hours. Uh, So let's see. One, two. There's been a bunch of mass shootings since this one. But they want to talk about the one with the trans shooter. And the most important takeaways, of course, are that these are people who don't actually want to do anything about guns. Their priority if they do talk about a shooting or if they don't talk about a shooting, it's to serve their primary purpose, which is don't deal with guns. Don't look at implementing any of the 10 ideas that I presented to you yesterday one trans person versus how, how many non trans mass shooters. So transgenderism must be the problem. Drag shows which don't have anything to do with it must be the problem. All of them have guns, but the guns aren't the problem. Oh, but mental illness is the problem. But we don't want to commit any money to treating mental illness. But now that the the, the shooter is trans, then we must spread transphobia. We must spread anti LGBT sentiment in general. And it's disturbing and it's depressing. Marjorie Taylor Greene, particularly disgusting. She is calling for trans vengeance. She has been suspended from Twitter. And we will talk about that separately again, because I believe it's its own form of evil, which we will discuss. And of course, then we always go back to. When people like me say, hey, I've had a proposal with 10 different provisions to deal with some of the gun aspects of this. I've had the proposal for for years, David, it's too soon to politicize the tragedy. We must not make it political, really. When we actually want to look at solutions to the problem, it's too soon, but it is never too soon to spread hate and to say, well, drag time story hour is what caused this. What? And I don't even want to go into this yet because there's a lot of allegations flying around. But what really may be at issue here, what really may be at issue here is the treatment of the individual and uh, who ultimately did this at that school. And we're still learning more about that. And, and hopefully at some point we, we will know the full story. But it is open season on the trans community. We all need to be extremely concerned about this, and we're going to continue talking about it more. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash the David Pacman Show. So much coming up on the program today. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll be matched with a licensed therapist switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp, go to betterhelp.com/pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. Dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our continued sponsors is Ground News, an app and website that aggregates local and international news sources to show you how breaking news is being reported around the world. It has become a go to resource for me right now. I'm looking at a story about residents in Ohio reporting medical symptoms after the train derailment. Ground news shows the headline from The Washington Post owned by Jeff Bezos says East Palestine residents should look to Agent Orange victims. The headline from The Epic Times, a radical right wing outlet, says federal officials enter 500 East Palestine homes after toxic train crash. I also like that you can sort things by factuality, location and bias check out ground news for free at ground.news/pacman. if you find ground news as useful as I do, subscribe for unlimited access that's ground.news/pacman. the link is in the podcast notes Well, if you thought the hate mob yesterday was going to stop with Donald Trump Jr and Candace Owens that's bad enough by the way it didn't. Last night, Sean Hannity, Fox News propagandist, took a break from interviewing Donald Trump in order to direct the hate mob against me. And it led to yet another round of insane threats and anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism, which, by the way, The Daily Wire's Michael Knowles says I made up, which in five minutes I will show you is sadly very much not made up. But let's not start with that right now. Sean Hannity jumping on the bandwagon. And attacking me. But interestingly, he doesn't even actually quote me or show my tweet. He quotes someone talking about my tweet. What kind of production value is this? How pathetic. They couldn't even be bothered. Take a look at this.
1: Didn't stop there. One awful progressive talk show host, quote, joking about the victims not praying enough. That's supposed to be funny? Uh, I thought attacking one's personal religious beliefs was not allowed in the leftist woke world we live
0: in. Yeah. So up on the screen is a quote by someone named Kendall Tits <laughs> or Kendall teats. I, I have to admit, I, I don't actually know how it's how it's pronounced. And it says it's a quote from Kendall. Progressive talk show host David Packman mocked the Covenant School community for not praying enough. Of course, that's not what I did. I pointed out that prayers don't work to stop mass shootings. Hannity can't even be bothered to show the tweet. He just goes, "I don't know. I'll quote Kendall teats or Kendall Tits." <laughs> what the hell is wrong with these people? And of course another wave of anti-Semitism always focused on me being Jewish. And by the way, by the way, by the way, uh, I'm going to talk about the anti-Semitism stuff in a moment. But, you know, I I received a lot of messages of support overnight, and I'm going to talk about some of those a little bit later. Unless you are on the receiving end of the sort of barrage that these right wing people do, it is every platform. It's a thousand posts on Instagram. It's a thousand emails. It's a hundred thousand tweets directed at you. One a second. You step away for a half hour and look and then there's thousands more just endless, endless. These borderline riotous mobs that are in the audience of folks like Sean Hannity. So there it is. Hannity jumping in on the action. Creating another barrage and now what I want to get to? Oh, and by the way, so many people signing up at joinpacman.com with the coupon code cancel canceled. These people, like Hannity and others, they claim to be against canceling. And yet now for 48 hours, they've been running campaigns to try to get me canceled by writing to my advertisers. The number of people I am flattered and I will delve into this later who did go to join after I mentioned it yesterday and signed up using the coupon code cancel cancel like cancel the cancelers. Stunning numbers. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. There's this guy named Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. Some of you know him as the Daily Wire third stringer behind Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro. Anyway, I've been on his show before. I stopped going on his show because nothing positive came from it. It doesn't doesn't have a big enough audience that it actually did anything for me. But I would get a barrage of anti-Semitic messages from his viewers. That very same Michael Knowles thought yesterday to say, you know what, David Pakman is making up that he's getting anti-Semitic emails and threats as a result of his tweet. Here is what Michael Knowles had to say. And of course, there's always this very you know his background is in acting there's always this overly dramatic acting that he's doing. He's just so upset, so upset by my tweet.
2: There was the most vile reaction that I've seen to the s- shooting in Nashville it was from someone who's appeared on this show. Actually, he's a liberal, but he's appeared on this show. Yeah. And it's it's just so hideous. Yeah. And, but I, And I bring it up not even just to castigate this guy. Right. But but to show you how wrong the, the Libs thinking is. In fact, Our thinking is 1000
0: percent right in that the thoughts and the prayers do nothing.
2: And the Republicans don't want to do anything other than that. The thinking is 100 percent right. How pervasive this kind of vile thinking is, but also how wrong it is. Sure. Uh, David Pakman tweeted out, quote, very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school given that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. Is not possible? That, they weren't praying enough or correctly. To, isn't this just like obvious? Despite being a Christian school.
0: Yeah, they send thoughts and prayers. And there's a shooting at a place where people are praying. Obviously the elected officials who only send thoughts and prayers are horrible people unwilling to actually do anything to solve this problem. What's so complicated
2: about that? That, that is the most vile tweet I've ever read.
0: Can you imagine? Has he
2: ever? Does
0: he remember when Trump was on Twitter, the most vile tweet? So the hyperbole is going a little far, I have to say.
2: And Twitter is a cesspool for the most vile kinds of speech you can imagine. That's true. Now that's true. If you have any kind of public profile at all, you've seen, you've seen plenty of vile stuff directed at you. Or you yeah. Much of it. That is much of it from his audience, a single most vile tweet I have ever read, really must be very sheltered. He ended up deleting it, but he didn't apologize. Well, no,
0: I mean, people deliberately misconstrued it to send a hate mob against me. Why would I apologize? It's accurate. The thoughts and prayers didn't prevent a shooting and our elected officials need to do more and they're unwilling to.
2: In fact, he played the victim. He said, all right, too many anti-Semitic attacks and threats to my family. I've deleted the tweet. So wanna that's one? No one saw any of these alleged uh, anti-Semitic attacks or what a what a joker. Yeah. So anyway, um, the anti-Semitic attacks. Check a couple things
0: on this. I don't want to like highlight too many of these anti-Semitic attacks and threats because it just feels more of them. But now that someone as prominent as Michael Knowles is saying, suggesting there are no such things, uh, I have to at least say something about it. First of all, check out the comments. Just look through the comments. I won't even put them up. Check out the comments on the video I did about this, Uh, the video um, wherein I said a million people are angry at me. My tweet pissed off a million people. Um, Just scroll through the comments. Half of the comments are overtly anti-Semitic comments. It's like a neo-Nazi KKK meeting in the comments to the point where YouTube contacted me and said, listen, this is like beyond just reporting individual comments because it's it's just it's all anti-Semitic. YouTube doesn't know how to handle the comments on my YouTube channel because they are so anti-Semitic. And I don't know what Michael Knowles would accept as proof. Check out my inbox again, a thousand of these and also some sent to family members whose contact info these people found. I'm just going to give you three examples again because I I want to show you that these are very real, but also not spend all day showing you these. One person wrote to me calling me a filthy anti white K word, K word for Jew, which I don't know if it's allowed on radio, so I'm not going to say it and says you're a rat faced anti white K word who belongs in Israel. I've been to Israel once for 10 days. Someday Jews will have their citizenship stripped and they will be banned from holding positions in American government, media, academia and law. White people are simply sick of your Jewish degeneracy and it's time for Jews to pack up and leave. This is one of a thousand. Okay, Michael Knowles says these don't exist. Here's reality. Michael Knowles lives in a fantasy world. We have reality and we have fantasy here. Michael Knowles lives in fantasy. This is the reality. One out of a thousand that I got. Second one again, just just a sampling. Jewish from someone who goes by Groiper. Way to mock the murder of Christians. Effing K word. K word for Jews. Okay. And third. F u dumb c word often used for women. Have fun in hell. Jew boy. Christ is king. Holocaust didn't happen, by the way. Okay, I could do a live stream all day just reading these. They come in faster than they can be read. If you look at Twitter, YouTube, my email inbox, Facebook and Instagram. Michael Knowles says the the anti-Semitic messages don't exist. They come in at a rate of more than one every few seconds. Okay, so that's the truth. But Michael Knowles and others want you to think there are none. And by the way, I stopped doing his show. Because every time I was on it, I would get anti-Semitic emails. It just wasn't worth it because it wasn't helping me build my audience. It was only generating hate. These people are truly dangerous and they're depraved. But after the break, I'm going to tell you the good of the last 24 hours. Don't forget that the best way to support the David Pacman show is by becoming a member, which gives you access to the daily bonus show, the regular show with no commercials. You also get access to our entire archive of every episode dating back a really long time and plenty of other awesome membership perks. Go to joinpackman.com Joinpacman.com. My friends, I have to tell you. I am flattered. I'm humbled. I'm grateful. I I don't even know what word to use for the stunning outpouring of support over the last 24 hours after I communicated to you the existential threat to The David Pakman Show as a result of the right wing mob sent after me by Donald Trump Jr. and by Sean Hannity and Candace Owens and everybody, which included trying to bully our advertisers into pulling their support for my show because I had the audacity to tweet that thoughts and prayers don't stop shootings, even at a Christian school where they pray all the time and that something must be done. They pretended not to realize that I'm obviously not blaming the dead children and they activated and it has been an insane 48 hours. So first, the bad news. This is just it's not good. Some advertisers have pulled their support period. They don't want to hear reason. I'm not going to tell you which ones because I don't want you to now go and target them. Right. I mean, but but you will notice that some advertisers are going to be gone from our videos over the next immediate period of time. But check out the response from a couple of our advertisers, one who said publicly they have to be neutral. So please don't say who we are. But they said in response to us saying, listen, here's what's going on. They said, quote, we advocate for free speech. Therefore, we are not concerned with David's comments. We would prefer to continue the partnership and stand up to those who are looking to destroy freedom of speech. We also uh, have a second advertiser that wrote to Noah. Noah handles our, all of our ads and says, I've been monitoring the situation. And while we're seeing some emails both in op- opposition to and in support of David, it's nothing too crazy. No emails from any of our actual customers, though they all claim to be. And this is, as I've said, the people trying to get us canceled with our advertisers, they're not my viewers and they're also not the customers of any of our advertisers. This advertiser went on to say, personally, I'm so incredibly tired of the outrage economy discourse that now thrives on social media and those like Miss Owens, Candace Owens that promote it. The mob mentality has fully taken hold. If these people were even half as mad about the constant school shootings as they are about a now deleted tweet, maybe there would be some progress on the issue, just like every faux outrage event. I'm sure this will all blow over in a few days once there is something new for people to complain about. Appreciate you putting our ads on hold for a bit. We told our advertisers we won't run anything for the rest of this week because we don't want all of your the videos with your ads to be filled with anti-Semitic comments. Appreciate putting the ads on hold for a bit. We've been really happy with our sponsorship of David's show and look forward to working with him in the future. That is inspiring to see from advertisers who see this for what it is. We also saw some really great videos published by our friends and colleagues, Kyle Kalinsky and Jesse Dolimore. Kyle put out a video called Candace Owens attacks David Pakman where Kyle brilliantly breaks down the obviously contrived right wing mob over an obvious tweet about how thoughts and prayers don't stop shootings. Jesse Dolomore put out a video called David Pakman is being attacked by Donald Trump Jr. and other right wing ghouls, where he also espouses total moral and factual clarity about the situation. But even more important, we love Jesse and Kyle, but even more important is all of you. Look at the response from all of you. I asked you, please subscribe to the YouTube channel because imagine the message we would send to this targeted right wing mob by coming out of this with a bigger YouTube channel. And you did more than 5000 of you subscribed to the YouTube channel just yesterday. And it's already on fire today. Thank you. I asked you email our advertisers. Tell them stick with David. That is actual viewers support you. Hundreds of you. CC'd me on thousands of emails to advertisers. Nearly 50 people started new Patreon pledges at patreoncom David Show. Another 40 of you signed up for the premium newsletter via Substack. But listen to this I, 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 I'm a big, strong guy, but I almost have tears in my eyes, as Donald Trump would say. Over 700 new website members in the last 24 hours. We created this coupon code exactly to track this. The code is cancel, cancel. The idea is cancel the cancelers, cancel, cancel. And that code works at joinpacman.com. As of 9 a.m. this morning, 478 new members signed up with that code and over 700 new members in total. A couple hundred of you didn't even use the code, you paid full price. And if I look right now, they're coming in one every two minutes. It is unbelievable. So listen, the advertiser losses are significant. I can't will that away. It's just the reality. But some of our advertisers see this for what it is. The new memberships are helping helping to offset those losses. And maybe most importantly, those YouTube subscriber growth numbers are really a signal that my actual audience, not the people who now are coming. Oh, I used to love your show. Now, our actual audience gets the whole point of this. Thoughts and prayers don't stop mass shootings, whether it's at a Christian school or a secular school. That's really what this is about. So thank you. Keep subscribing. Keep the memberships going. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And come Monday, we'll see where everything stands. But what a 48 hours. Let's now get back to the really important stuff that's going on at the top of the show. We talked about a Vice News article which accurately and correctly outlines how there is now an open season on the trans community as a result of the shooter in the Nashville, Tennessee, shooting uh, being a trans individual. Now, This, of course, ignores that if you look at the last 5000 mass shootings, there have been like three or four trans or non-binary shooters, ignores all facts and reality that a drag show where stories are read to kids, not necessarily by trans people, just by drag performers, has nothing to do with what took place in Nashville, Tennessee. doesn't matter. It's now open season. And one of the primary perpetrators here is radical, repugnant. And reactionary Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene or Marjorie Greene Taylor or Marjorie Trader Greene, depending on your preference. She has now been suspended from Twitter after a warning about trans vengeance. Newsweek reports Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene claimed that her congressional Twitter account has been suspended after sharing unfounded information about a trans day of vengeance in the wake of the Nashville school shooting. Uh, As you know, the shooter ultimately killed at least six people, including three young students and three adult faculty members. Police have yet to officially disclose a probable motive. They've confirmed the shooter identified as trans, although it remains unclear in which ways and to what degree it was the case. Nevertheless, several prominent conservative figures like Green have attempted to link Hale's actions to being trans, insinuating with little evidence that gender transition drugs or surgeries were to blame in some manner. Green in particular tweeted about a supposed event called the Trans Day of Vengeance, linking it to the Nashville shooting and alleging a broader threat of trans terrorism. Later Green claimed her personal on her personal account that her congressional account was suspended because of those tweets. The original tweet and subsequent ones have been deleted, but Newsweek was able to view some of them. After 3000 retweets of this tweet, my account was suspended again. Why is Twitter whitewashing the trans day of vengeance, Elon Musk a day after a murder of children by a trans shooter? People need to know about the threat they face from Antifa and trans terrorism. In her own post on the matter, Ella Irwin, who's the VP of trust and safety at Twitter, said the platform automatically swept for tweets containing a poster for the trans day of vengeance and took them down no matter who was sharing it or why. Makes sense. Marjorie Taylor Greene shouldn't get special treatment on Twitter because she's an elected official. We had we had to automatically sweep our platform and remove more than 5000 tweets slash retweets of this poster. We do not support tweets that incite violence, irrespective of who posts them. Vengeance does not imply peaceful protest organizing or support for peaceful protests is okay. Later, responding to a claim from Irwin that accounts were not receiving strikes for sharing it, Green shared a screenshot of an explanation she purportedly received and said, this is a lie. Um, She posts saying that she's been limited because of some of the things she posted, whatever. Listen, seeing the right wing rush to spread transphobia and more generally the anti LGBT sentiment since the shooting earlier this week. It's disturbing and it's depressing, but it's also horrifying. Of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a particularly disgusting and abhorrent person, I would argue even by the standards of the average of the Republican Party. You've got what I consider to be the more honest actors in the Republican Party. People like Willard Mitt Romney, Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, people with whom I disagree on policy and who certainly hold some views I find disgusting, including, for example, on abortion. But they are at least more honest actors in the Republican Party that would call them on the better side of the Republican Party. Then you've kind of got the middle, the average of the crazies and the people like Romney and Cheney, et cetera. And then you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gaetz, Lauren Boebert, Lauren Bobert, all of you know all of these types of folks. Marjorie Taylor Greene, even by the average of the modern Republican Party, is particularly disgusting. And as always is the case, and I mentioned this earlier and it bears repeating again, it's always too soon to politicize shootings when it's the typical shooting. And what I mean by that is white male born in the USA under age 25 then it's too soon to politicize. And any discussion of actually doing a damn thing about what's going on is inappropriate. When we try to find actual solutions, when we say, hey, you know what? Had there been a waiting period and uh, had the person been unable to buy high capacity magazines because of their age or all of the different things that I talk about, 10 different proposals, then this shooting either wouldn't have happened or fewer people would have died, both of which would be better than what we Oh, that, David, that's too soon. How dare you? How dare you uh, politicize a tragedy before they've even buried their dead? Well, when we wait, then nothing happens. And the NRA does its thing and they do their dog and pony show and nothing happens. Well, as we are seeing now, they don't actually care about politicizing these tragedies too soon because Marjorie Taylor Greene and Tucker Carlson and the whole lot of them immediately politicized it when it was about clamping down on the trans community and linking this to what they call trans women in sports and drag shows and CRT and all of the sort of stuff. As always, they claim to care about the deficit, but they don't. They only care about the deficit when it's a Democrat in the White House. They claim to care about uh, election integrity, except when they try to steal an election that they lost. It's all projection. And similarly, they care about not politicizing mass shootings, except when it's convenient to politicize a mass shooting. The uh, Trump says at his rallies, "There has never been a movement like this." And he's right, but there has never been a movement this depraved, and uh, I am fearful of what comes next. Let me know your thoughts, and we will follow up on this for sure. If you value what we do at the David Pacman Show, remember to support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com/david Pacman show where you can get access to behind the scenes videos, the Daily Bonus Show, the Commercial Free Daily show, as well as special discounts on merch including hats, hoodies, mugs, and T-shirts. You can support the show for as little as $2 dollars a month. Check it out at patreoncom show. All right, let's keep going today. So much to uh, to pack into today's program. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this Uh, last night. Not only did Sean Hannity go after me and direct the right wing contrived hate mob against me. He also aired another portion of his interview with the failed former president Donald Trump. And this is this is a short clip. It's really just the epitome of what I've been telling you for years. Trump loves dictators. Trump is impressed by dictators. Trump thinks dictators are big, strong guys and the entire thing. And Sean Hannity did this thing, which I mean, it's just a complete and total backfire. It's really unbelievable where he lists different dictators and authoritarians to Trump. And says, "Tell me the first thing that comes to mind." And with every single one of them, what comes to mind is how great Trump gets along with them. It's, you know, if if, if seven years ago I had told you we're going to have a former president who, when asked about dictators and authoritarian strongmen, just goes, "I got along really well. I don't know. Got along really well. I don't know." You wouldn't have believed it, but that's where we are. Look at this orange nightmare. All
1: right. I'm going to give names and give me quick short sentence of narratives, by the
0: way, Trump just so sweaty, eyes almost swollen shut. Never clear why. What? Why is it so hot? I don't know if it comes to your mind.
1: Putin. Well, I'm going to have to go a little short, but uh, I got along with him great. <laughs> uh, had I been president, he would have been much
0: better off because he wouldn't have gone into Ukraine. Yeah. The the reason, by the way, this entire thing they keep repeating it. What, why Why did Putin wait for Joe Biden to go into Ukraine? Putin had every reason to think that he wouldn't have to invade in order to get more territory with Trump as president. If Trump gets another four years, uh, Putin can probably get away with taking more land in other ways that doesn't require what he is now doing. It's such a laughable talking point. OK, so there's Putin. We're going to keep going.
1: But ultimately, he's going to take over all of Ukraine.
0: We know. Right. Especially if you have a say, she
1: uh, a man, I got along again. I got along with him great until COVID <laughs> came in. Uh, we would have been able to work together very well. I got, I made an unbelievable deal for our farmers and manufacturers, where China was giving us fifty billion dollars a year to our farmers and our manufacturers.
0: Kim got along great with Xi. <laughs> uh, Sorry, and I stepped over that. He says Kim Jong Un.
1: We fifty billion dollars a year to our farmers and our manufacturers. Kim Jong Un. Uh, again, get along with them. Great. People don't want to hear that. A lot of people say that's terrible to get along with them. Great. When somebody has nuclear weapons that can blow up the world, it's nice to get along. I got along with them. Great.
2: So
0: listen, there are two sides to this. OK, let me I, I really want to be this is such a microcosm of the entire Trump fiasco on foreign policy that we have to do both sides. There's the simple side. OK, the simple side is Trump is impressed by authoritarians. It's not just Putin and Xi and Kim Jong Un, who he believes everything they say. And, you know, we'll get to that. It's also Erdogan. uh, It's Orban. It's Bolsonaro. It's okay, It's all of them. Part of it is Trump is just impressed with them constitutionally, just who they are, what they represent, how they behave. Trump is in some cases jealous of them that they have Trump perceives them to have a gravitas that he doesn't have but would like to. So there's that side of it. But there's another side of it that's important as well. It's easy to get along with people who don't see you as a threat in any way. Most of those leaders saw Trump for the bumbling buffoon that he was, and when you're seen that way. There is no reason to have conflict or a tense relationship or disagreements or whatever the case may be, because they don't take you seriously enough to see you as a threat. You're you're not credible enough. You're not alpha enough to use their version of what they are talking about. Why would you have trouble getting along with someone who sees you as a doofus? You wouldn't. And that's the other side of it. Now we can apply this really specifically. For example, with Kim Jong Un. Going back decades. In general. It's not that the North Korean leader wasn't willing to meet with an American president. It's that the American presidents didn't see the point of meeting with the North Korean leaders without some preconditions. Why? When you consider the status difference between an American president and a North Korean dictator that leads the country. The North Korean dictator is always willing to get the photo op to get the propaganda value of meeting with an American president to then show their uh, population, look, we're on the world stage and we told that president and blah, 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 blah. It's not difficult to get a meeting with a North Korean leader if you're an American president. Trump was so clueless that when he convinced Kim Jong Un to meet with him, he acted like it was an accomplishment. This is why he gets along with these dictators, because they see Trump. They go, wow, this guy doesn't even understand why it is that normally they wouldn't even meet with me at the meeting. Kim Jong Un made the same promises to Trump that every North Korean leader has made in the past to American presidents, which they have no intentions of keeping. We'll demilitarize this and we'll do that and we'll provide this other thing. Trump doesn't know anything. So Trump thinks, look at all of these great promises I got. These are the same promises that they've been making for decades. They will do 10 percent of it in order to get food aid and then ignore the other 90 percent. It's not an accomplishment. So again, it's easy to get along with people who are just walking all over you in every way because you're so clueless. But anyway, so the, the whole point of it is a very sweaty, very swollen Trump in this interview able to say nothing other than I got along with these guys really well. Of course you did. Also insane over the last 24 hours, there is a new Rolling Stone report. Trump asking advisors for battle plans to attack Mexico if reelected. This is truly horrifying. He probably watched an episode of Narcos Mexico and was like, I should get some plans to invade. Uh, the article reads Trump and his magnified Republican Party are pushing plans for military action against drug cartels in Mexico with or without the Mexican government's consent. Trump is asking for a plan to wage war in Mexico, and the Republican Party is eager to give it to him. Trump has been asking policy advisors for military options to take on Mexican drug cartels, including doing strikes not sanctioned by Mexico's government, according to two sources familiar with the situation attacking Mexico or whatever you'd like to call it is something that President Trump has said he wants battle plans drawn for, says a source. He's complained about missed opportunities of his first term and there are a lot of people around him who want fewer missed opportunities in a second term. Listen to this. Trump lieutenants. Imagine having lieutenants. Trump lieutenants have briefed him on several options that include unilateral military strikes and troop deployments on a sovereign U.S. partner and neighbor. Can you imagine the United States unilaterally deploying troops in Mexico This is exact. You know, when we talk about Trump wanting to nuke a hurricane, Trump not understanding why considering using nukes on Europe is insane. This is the sort of stuff we're talking about. This is the really dangerous stuff. Um, One such proposal that Trump has been briefed on is a white paper from the Center for Renewing America which is increasingly influential and it's staffed by Trump wonks and MAGA loyalists and it's called it's time to wage war on transnational drug cartels this is all so insane so insane what they should do is come to Trump you know these big strong guys they should go to Trump with tears in their eyes and say sir the wall you built it's so powerful that we can no longer invade Mexico. The wall is too tall for us to invade and attack Mexico. We can't do it. This is an example of the dangerous nature of another Trump presidency because he will be even more unhinged. The counterpoint is. Trump's not really going to do this, but Ron DeSantis, if he were the president, might actually do some really dangerous stuff. I can see it both ways. I really can. But these are horrifyingly dangerous ideas. I have a little old fashioned cringe for you. Radical and repugnant reactionary Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is very concerned about public urination, but so much so that she ended up making a complete and total fool of herself during a recent hearing. There's a little write up in uh, Rolling Stone about this. Lauren Boebert obsesses over public urination at crime hearing. Lauren Boebert waylaid a congressional hearing on crime in Washington, D.C. by grilling D.C. City Council member Charles Allen on what she insisted were efforts to decriminalize public urination. It turns out that he didn't actually do that. You have to see this clip. This is unbelievable. And the guy is increasingly visibly confused because he doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Check this out.
3: And uh, these charges, these changes are now law here in D.C., correct?
0: Do you mean the revised criminal code?
3: Yes. Uh,
0: no, those are not the law. Okay. Those first law. question was, this is now the law. Answer, it is not the law.
3: Not the law. Did with you, the, you the revised revised code
1: them. was uh, rejected by.
3: Excuse me, Mr. Chairman, I talked to Mr. Allen.
1: Yes, Mr. Ma'am. Allen,
3: did you or did you not decriminalize public urination
2: in no, Washington,
3: D.C.? Did you lead the charge to do so?
2: No, it, the revised criminal code left that as a criminal charge. Did
3: you
0: <laughs> and a miss. but she keeps going.
3: Lead the charge to decriminalize public urination in Washington, D.C.
0: No, ma'am. That, in did the you ever vote in favor
3: that, of decriminalizing public urination in Washington, D.C.?
0: The revised criminal code that was did passed you by the ever
3: council
0: kept it as a criminal offense.
3: Did you, Did and you support this criminal
0: I voted for it. Yeah. You voted. For- <laughs> oh God. This is going so wrong, and it's absolutely delightful.
3: To keep it as a criminal offense. That's
0: correct. <laughs> Wait. So you're telling me, you never advocated to make public urination not a crime. You never voted to make it not a crime, and you voted to keep it a crime. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. That. That. Now I'm. Now I'm not sure. Congress is devolving rapidly. You know, I I think we as a community of the left, we expected that when Republicans took over the House of Representatives, it would become a circus sideshow. I I think we expected that. But the degree to which it has become a circus sideshow is genuinely surprising, even to me. And I've been I've been doing this, you know, quite a long time Um, after the fourth time she brings up public urination. I probably would have lost it if I was in that room and it is just stunning. And the takeaway here is, well, I don't know what the takeaway here is. If Lauren Bobert is thinking about urinating in public, which I guess is a concern for her, it is still a crime. Um, These people are genuinely a joke and we laugh to to a certain degree to avoid crying. But I get emails from European viewers all the time. In fact, let me see if I can pull one up. I'm not even sure you're I'm not even sure how I'm going to be able to do this anyway. I get so many emails from people saying, David, what is happening in your country? Here's just one as an example. I'm going to just read this. I don't want to put the person I, I didn't blank it out um, from the Netherlands. Someone wrote in and said, David, I, I am encouraging you on your quest to educate people in the United States. What on earth is going on? Your thoughts and visions are clearly needed in the United States. It is a crisis. What is wrong with so many Americans? I was brought up with the United States as a role model. Now the United States is a joke. Barely anything positive is connected to the United States, particularly because of the Republican Party. We increasingly see the USA negatively because of these lunatics. I understand that this is not your movement, but it is a direct result of the populistic rhetoric that you criticize being misused by the Republican Party and these complete and total clowns. Most people here did like Barack Obama, but Trump was ridiculed. And now it seems as though there is no turning back. This is just an example. Okay, that's rind from uh, from the Netherlands, from Amsterdam. Every single day we are a global laughingstock. And it's not just anecdotally, it's reflected in public opinion polls about how people see the United States and how people see the office of the presidency. We've got to do something to turn it around. And another four years of Trump isn't going to turn it around. And certainly four years of Ron DeSantis won't either. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. We got a great voicemail of support. We already talked earlier about all of the insane things happening. Sean Hannity, Donald Trump Jr., Candace Owens sending the right wing mob against me. We talked about what's going on with advertisers, some advertisers sticking with us, some advertisers bailing, et cetera, et cetera. Here's just a single message. And I got a ton of these a single message of support from a viewer.
2: David, my name is Steve, and I'm calling just to tell you to hang in there, be encouraged. Uh, You're going to come out on top of this and I will support you in any way that I can. Thank you. Been listening to you for a long time. Uh, I've never had any problem with what I've heard you say. I think you're pretty right on, pretty sharp, and I get a kick out of you sometimes. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, David. We need you. We need you. Don't be discouraged. Thank you.
0: I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. A powerful message of support against the hate mob. So where do we stand right now? The antagonistic messages have started to slow down to some degree instead of a message once a second. It's now like every 15 seconds now that doesn't sound I know that doesn't sound that great (laughs) like David. That's good. Every 15 seconds. It is better than what it was. And we will see where we are by the time Monday lands. I told you we lost a couple advertisers. I I don't know where we're going to land, but I I hope that uh, this caller is is exactly correct. We have such a great bonus show for you today. A rift in the Republican Party has been exposed. As senators are warning Kevin McCarthy against this Iraq vote that is being discussed, we're going to discuss what's going on, who might vote which way and what Republican senators are up to. The FDA in the United States has approved the over the counter sale of Narcan, which is an overdose reversal drug. This is widely seen as a great thing, while some are concerned that it will encourage overdosing because, hey, you can just grab over the counter Narcan and have it with you. We will talk about both sides of the discussion and Adidas or Adidas, as some of our friends pronounce it, has retracted their opposition to the Black Lives Matter three stripe design. What is this about? What's the backstory? What's the controversy? I will tell you all about it on today's bonus show. Two great ways to access the bonus show. First and foremost, sign up at joinpacman.com.
1: Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad,
0: sir. Yes, sir. Sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code cancel cancel. That's all one word, cancel cancel, meaning cancel the cancelers trying to cancel us right now. Second option you make a pledge on Patreon of at least five bucks a month. You can find that at Patreon.com slash David Pacman show. We will see you on the bonus show and I will be back tomorrow with the Friday show.